from the city market, it is Two Douchebags and Microphone Podcast. Hello, this is Satan. You might know me from my pet name, Inflation. I'm here to tell you that there's no better way to relax than listen to Two Douchebags and Microphone by a nice warm fire at night. I sit there and I reflect on all the souls I burned that day. Enjoy. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. Every sock you wear is slightly rotated. Just enough for it to be uncomfortable. Two douchebags and microphone. I am Mark. And I'm uh, Rob. And uh, Rob Rad is with us again because Topher is still kidnapped. We're hoping to get him back, but uh, I mean, I don't know. We're starting to uh, kind of lose hope. We we think that they turned him into a uh, into a kill lover or something. We can't. I mean, we lost all communication with him. I don't know what's going on. So yeah, I had eyes on him last week, and they moved him. Man, I'll tell they you what—it's it, getting worrisome. But, but they got on I seventy heading to St. Louis. Oh my God! Not only are they Wait. making him watch Kale videos, but they took him to St. Louis. Well, that when I hear a bunch of Kale lovers up there. Oh jeez! Oh man! Uh, Everybody pray so for Kofer. Everybody pray for him. I got the hillbillies on. So All right! Awesome! Worry. Awesome! Well, all right, I guess we'll start off with, you know, scientists have issued a warning over a, fo- uh, it's a foamy substance they found on plants, which should not be touched. Have you heard about this yet? No, I have not. Well, it's pretty interesting. Um, I think I've, I've seen this before on plants, and I can't remember whether I have or have not touched it or not. Um, but I mean, evidently it didn't hurt me too bad. I mean, besides, you know, the obvious, you know, you know, me being nuts and yeah, uh, yeah. but, um, anyhow, according to scientists, um, we should, uh, be on the lookout for, uh, foamy substances on plants and they showed a, they showed a nice picture one. And basically it looks to me like any plant, like let's say a tomato plant or a pepper plant or I, I mean, I, something like that, like a plant. I don't yeah. think they necessarily mean trees, but plants. And whenever you have like two little branches split off, it looks to be like almost like a cobweb-looking thing, but only foam in the middle of it. And it's foamy. Oh, really? Yeah, it looks like foam, uh, like almost, uh, almost like a, uh, a porous uh, shaving cream, if that makes sense, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 It does. Yeah. Uh, so, um, anyhow, it will look like a little ball of froth, and that's exactly, that's probably the best way of describing it. It looks like a little ball of froth. The little excursions of a foam called spittle are produced by an insect called the spittle bug. And I'm not joking, this yeah. is not a joke. It's a spittle bug. And, um, anyhow, as for the insects, uh, they soak sap from the plant for nutrition. It coats itself in a ball of foam for protection which is often left behind on plants and grass. Really? Mm-hmm. 
and I guess this year it's a lot worse. I mean, like I said, I do believe I've ran into this before, and I think I believe I've heard a little bit of this before, but not this in depth. So, uh, however, scientists uh, have uh, you know previously expressed concerns, and uh, and anyhow, I mean, and and I guess this year it's even more of a concern because there's so much of it that the spittlebugs could be a carrier for uh, a deadly plant disease called. X yellow. Wow. X Y E L L O. So I guess it'd be called okay. X yellow. If uh, if you happen to uh, see this on a plant, don't touch it. Rather, take the plant, pick it, and dispose of the plant with spittle in the garbage, maybe, or something like that. But do not like uh, you know touch it because it can it can be harmful to people. It didn't say how harmful in this article, but it said it can be harmful and toxic to people. So it would obviously do something to you, and I don't know if it's worse for children or not. Um, but if you see this stuff, you know, stay away from it or, you know, pick it and get it out of the way of the other plants. That way the other plants may not contract it. So it sounds, oh. sounds like a pretty good problem that's going on this year, but what did you say? No, no, I, I was going to say that's good to know. I mean, I, I hadn't noticed it myself. But. Well, that's our public service announcement for uh, this year. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go for the year. Right. So there you guys go. We've done, we done our good for this year. So now it's on back to stupidity like invisible ass paddlings and uh, and uh, well, uh, hey, now that I'm on the show, I'll see what I can do about helping along the way with that. Yeah, that? yeah. Do you have some ass paddlings coming up? Is that it? Uh, yeah, I might, yeah. Yeah, I got a few at work. All right, well, we're always looking for ass paddlings. <laughs> we're always looking for ass paddlings, and we even have some in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I know you listen yeah, to the do. show, like Skip Bayless. He's like one of the top yeah. runners. He's right in the middle. Zuckerberg is right next to him. Um, yeah. Let's see, who would be? Bill Gates would be up there. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, yeah, there, there's There's a whole array of people up there. That uh, that deserve constant ass paddling, and they're in our Hall of Fame. And uh, every now and then we bring up their name just to bash it, and that's about it. Like Skip Bayless, yeah. what a twerp. So anyhow, yeah. yeah. Um, anyhow, I got another neat little story here for you, Rob. You know what? Um, okay, up in New Jersey, there's a vegan who is suing his neighbor for grilling meat in his backyard. Really? Yeah, this is not a joke. You can look this up. He is suing him. The man says his neighbor has fans blowing towards uh, his home, and it's cruel to yeah. make him smell burning flesh. So, okay, you know, um, it gets pretty sticky up in New Jersey. They get quite a bit. I, I've been up there during the summer a lot working, and, um, yeah. and yeah. it gets sticky up there. They have humidity. So, what's the best way to counteract humidity in your yard? You put a couple of big fans out there, you know, you're grilling, your family's out there eating, and the guy's probably not blowing the fans towards him. It sounds to me like this vegan guy is taking things a little bit too far. He may not agree with eating meat, and that's fine. That's his right. But whenever you go and say that someone else can't do it because you don't like it, and then you come up with some cockamamie shit about he's blowing this burning flesh into your yard... That's that's just that's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. So uh, it's not saying. I mean, I mean, come on. How far is your fence from your windows? Yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. I mean, you know what? Well, the guy's grilling, go inside. I mean, can you smell it inside? Doesn't he have an air conditioner? I think he'd have an air conditioner. Well, if you smell it inside, you're smelling the charcoal or the wood or the gas. You're not smelling it. That's what I'm saying. The guy's nitpicking is what he's doing. He's probably mad at the guy because he's not a vegan and he's just fucking with him. He's like, oh, man, I can smell that burning flesh and it's going over into my yard. Well, too fucking bad. You know what? I, I I see things I don't want to see every day, like someone like um, 40 pounds too big for their fucking, uh, I don't know, spandex. But I have to put up with it. I can't make them not wear them, you know? There's a lot of stuff you know that you don't like. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what this sounds like to me? What does it sound like to you? It sounds like to me like this start over a tree limb hanging over a fence or something. You know what, Rob? You're probably right. It probably it started, started a long time ago. Something else, and it led into this. Yes, that's what it sounds like. I, you know what? That's my opinion. I think you're probably right, and I'll thank you. I think this guy is just trying to find whatever he can to fuck with the other guy, and mm-hmm. and that's what it is. It's like a little game of ha ha. I'm going to get you with this. Ha ha. I'm going to get you with that. But I mean, you know, I know, I know some vegans. And they're not like that. You know, they know I eat meat, you know, and they're okay with it. Right. You know, they're right. just like, right. it's my own personal choice not to do it. And, and they're not all, all um, you know, all upset over it or nothing or always try to get me to change my opinion. They know it's not going to happen. Just like I don't come to them and go, hey, man, you want this steak? It's really good. I don't screw with them. I'm like, you know what? I respect their opinion on not, not eating meat. You know. I wish I wish I was geared to not eat meat because uh, it would probably do me a lot of favor with heart disease and my family and everything. It probably suit me right. very well. Probably suit me very well to not eat meat. So, but you know what? I <laughs> I love it and, and I eat it every day. So I, you know, yeah. uh, anyhow. But I don't begrudge anyone for not doing it. As a matter of fact, I uh, I commend them for doing it. I mean, I'm not strong enough to do it, but they are. So you know what? God bless them. That's great. Right. Yep. Just don't push it on other people. Exactly. So you're right. This probably started with a tree limb years ago, and it just kept yeah. going on and kept going on, and then finally the guy came up with you know this. He's a dog yapping or something. Some shit yeah. like that. Shit. Yeah. 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 We all, we all know how this goes. We've all been involved in shit like that, and it blows because you know people get pissed off, they get hurt feelings, that you know whatever. So uh, anyhow. So, I'm going to keep monitoring this story, and here's why. I want to know what damages he says has been done, and what he exactly wants. Does he want this guy to quit grilling? Does he want this guy to pay him compensation? I mean, I I don't know where he's going with this lawsuit, and nor does it say in the snippet that I got. Yeah, I'd like to hear the end of that one, too. Yeah, so I'm going to keep monitoring it, and and I'm going to keep... uh, um, you know, I'm going to keep uh, on this article and I'll keep updating everybody as it goes along as I can find it. So, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And, uh, That's all we can do, man. Yeah. I'm learning that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're right. Um, and also, I have tomorrow, arriving tomorrow, Geezer Butler from uh, Black Sabbath. Um I, uh, I've got his new book that's going to show up tomorrow, according to Amazon, right on. at my doorstep in the morning. So I will be giving a review of this book, 
But um, anyhow, I read a little bit about it, and it sounds really good. Um, it's called Into the Void by Geezer Butler, and it's the uh, the basis for Black Sabbath, very famously. Right. And um, and right. I love the guy; he's a great bass bassist, very yeah. underrated yeah. in my opinion. And um, I'm really in, I'm really interested in what he has to say and all that all went on. I read Tony Iommi's book Iron Man, and it was fantastic. And uh, and uh, you know, and I know the whole thing. I read Dio's book; uh, it was good, but not quite, not nearly as good as, uh, in my opinion, as Tony Iommi's. Um, Tony Iommi's book uh, went a little bit more into depth of what I really wanted to know about Sabbath. Where Dio was kind of just giving a rundown of where he's been and his opinion on a few things that happened. Uh, it was still good, but. Yeah. Uh, I liked uh, Iomi's book much better. So uh, this is from Rolling Stone Online. Geezer Butler's retired after more than a half a century of defining and redefining heavy with his bands Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell, and Deadland Ritual. I, most people would know Deadland Ritual. I know it, but um, it's it's okay. It's kind of a super group. I forgot who all's in it, but it's him and some other well-known musicians, and and it was okay. But and. As well as his own solo projects, the bassist, lyricist, and songwriter now lives a much quieter existence. I don't want to do anything anymore, he jokes with Rolling Stone while discussing the just-released memoir, Into the Void, From Birth to Black Sabbath and Beyond. Butler came to this decision before the pandemic while on the road with his, uh, this, oh okay, they, they call it here, with the supergroup Deadland Ritual. I didn't realize how hard starting from scratch is, especially when you're used to your own plane and staying at Four Seasons and the Ritz-Carlton. And then you're back in little clubs and getting on a bus together, he says. It just didn't suit me. Other than working on one-off projects, he recently sent a song to former Guns N' Roses drummer Matt Sorum and and, uh, special gigs like the Taylor Hawkins tribute. His touring days are over. He's also ruling out any new activity of Black Sabbath, he uh, said, I don't think Ozzy's up for it anyway, and I think we all know that. Ozzy has deteriorated quite a bit, although you may hear different stories and stuff. The fact is, is he's probably, um, if he does a show, I don't think he could probably do one over 50 minutes to an hour. And he definitely can't tour. And his, his health is definitely ailing, and it sucks, but um, I think that the whole Black Sabbath thing is gone now. It's not it's not yeah, gonna, it's not it gonna is. come back. I think Ozzy solo is gone now. It's not coming back. Um, sadly, no. Father Time has caught up with most people involved, you know, so and honestly I've been, I I've just recently listened to the last two albums. Mm-hmm. The Oh Ozzy or uh not circle number. Uh, no, patient number nine. Patient number nine and under the graveyard. Yeah, yeah. Man, and, that, um, that, that's a, he he put out in, some. Good in my ass. opinion, I think that's some of his best work. I agree. I agree a hundred percent, Rob. I think under the graveyard was excellent, but patient number nine oh is could be the best album he's ever done, and that's hard yeah, to say. I think it is. Um, we'll get back to. Um, Geezer yeah, Butler. We'll, 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 go, we'll get back into Geezer Butler here in a minute. But uh, some of the people that he played with on Patient Number Nine, like Jeff Beck and uh, Eric Clapton, and then he's doing. Yeah. He did songs yeah. with Tony Iommi. He did songs with Zach Wild. He did songs with uh, his uh, producer. Um, shit, I forgot his name. 
He's a oh, really shit. good producer. Oh. He used to play in California Breed with Glenn Hughes. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Shit. Um, uh, I'm like you. I can't think of he's, he's a younger guy, but I can't think of his name. But anyhow. Um, all right. So back to uh, Butler. But I agree with you 100%. Patient number nine, um, to me, might be one of the best albums, if not the best album Ozzy has ever done. And yeah. I think that the writing on it is superb. The playing on it definitely is superb because of all the influences and musicians he used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's kind of like his uh, finale, his uh, his um, his goodbye to everybody. He's like, you know what? I want to be remembered for this. So this thing here is going to be my best ever, my masterpiece, my Mona Lisa, if you will. Go ahead. I, I believe that this is his Picasso. This is his Mona Lisa. The writing on it is superb. The, the uh, yes, playing it on is. it is superb. And Ozzy's voice on it is superb. I don't care if it was tracked, dubbed, overdubbed like he does. It is fantastic. And it takes a certain amount of talent. Even him with not the best voice around and not the voice, best voice control. It was a masterfully done album, and I appreciate it as a music fan. And he didn't have to do it. It's not like he broke the bank on it or needed the money. He did it for himself and his fans, and that's what I really appreciate is that right there. He always wanted to play with Jeff Beck. He always wanted to play with Eric Clapton. He always wanted to play with some of these people. Taylor Hawkins, um, who, who passed yeah, away, yeah. The, the, the Foo Fighters drummer. Um, um, uh, Matt Sorum, um, um, what's his name? The bassist uh, um, from GNR. Um, oh, um, how come I can't think of names tonight? Uh, I don't know. You, Duff, you Duff McKagan. Well, we are running a little late tonight. Yeah, we are. Duff McKagan. Yeah, I wanted to try out my new mic, so I sent uh, Rob a text, and, and I appreciate you doing one on the fly. So, uh, anyhow. Hey, I told you anytime, man. I appreciate it. Well, we'll do more like this, too. A little bit here and there, because uh, with some stuff coming up that I'll, I'll tell you outside of here, but not on the podcast. I don't wish to right, 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 do it right, here. Right. Um, but some other things coming up, we're probably going to have to piece it together like we're going to be doing tonight. Like, take this bit and that bit. And instead of doing, like, three hours one night, we'll do, like, 40 minutes one night, an hour one night, 30 minutes another night, or something like that, if that's okay with you. Hey, that's fine with me, man. Okay, excellent. That's fine with me. So, anyhow, back just, to Geezer here. Just give me a little heads up. I definitely will. I definitely will, All and right. it's much appreciated. Right. So, uh, um, okay, so what we're, what we're talking about, um, mostly... Butler has been spending his time working on Into the Void, an account of his entire life from a threadbare youth in war-torn WW2 Birmingham, England. His first bass only had two strings to the many triumphs and trivials of Black Sabbath. My dad wasn't really okay with my music career until I actually showed him the first album that we'd done something, Butler tells Rolling Stone. He thought I was just throwing away a chance of a lifetime because I was the only one out of the whole family who had gotten an office job. He just thought I was throwing all that away for some pipe dream. And when I finally came home with an album to show him, that's when he started to understand. So that's cool. So it sounds like his dad was, you know, most dads would be like, I don't know, man, you want to go play guitar, huh? Oh, okay. 
In the book, Butler, who wrote most of his lyrics for the original lineup of Sabbath, which fe- also featured singer Ozzy Osbourne, guitarist Tony Iommi, and drummer Bill Ward, breaks down how the group embraced the primor- primor- primordial primordial aesthetics of heavy metal, shares insights on the song lyrics Iron Man, which is actually about Jesus Christ taking revenge. I wondered, well, really? I wondered that before because of the way it was written. I wondered that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, he, you know, he comes back from the grave and yeah, you know, and you know, killed the people he once saved. Of course, Jesus Christ wouldn't do that. The one that we know of, you know, the one that we no, uh, we believe no. in. But I see where they're like thinking, you know, hey, he comes back and he's pissed. Look what you guys did. Now you're all gonna die. And I always wondered that kind of from their point of view, like maybe if they meant that like Christ-like figure or something. And there you go. And tracks the many blow-ups and reconciliations through the group's myriad of lineups, which they did have a lot of lineups. Looking back on his life now, Butler feels lucky. We've gone through so many ups and downs finally. We came out of it all reasonably happy and healthy. He says he's especially sure of his opinion of things. He said since he wrote the book twice, his publisher rejected the first version of the book because it was in all capital letters and in a format other than MS Word. (laughs) So he had to resubmit it. It doesn't usually write in capital letters, he says. I just thought it'd be easy for them, so I had to do it all again in proper lowercase. So, well... (laughs) So then uh, Rolling Stone asks, I like this question, and I've always loved Rolling Stone. They are a legitimately great magazine with great articles. I, I've always loved Rolling Stone. Will Osborne, yeah, Iommi, yeah. and Ward be upset with anything I read in the book? Probably, yeah, Butler says. But it's things that were happening at the time, and we're all grown up and got through this all since then, which is the kind of book I want to read. I guarantee you Iommi ruffled some feathers with his. I guarantee you that. And uh, Dio probably ruffled some feathers. Well, actually, Richie Blackmore knows what Dio thinks of him, so he probably just looked at it and goes, uh, yeah, and. So, um, yeah. <laughs> one of the more fascinating entries in, in uh, the book is Butler's account of the group's final reunion, which started with the original four Sabbath members holding a press conference in 2011. It had been a year since Ronnie James Dio had died. The Osborne and Iomi had re- uh, recently settled a lawsuit over the Black Sabbath name. Butler had told his uh, share of the band name to Iomi in 1984. And, uh, and um, you know, Butler sold his share, but I guess, well, maybe he'll tell in this, but I guess Osborne still owns some of it. the band name Iomi in 1984 and has since gotten over any regrets. I still get a quarter of everything, so it doesn't fa- matter financially, he said. It's just that I can never go out on the road and call myself Black Sabbath. The reunion came after Butler and Iommi had been touring under the name Heaven and Hell with Dio. After Ronnie died, me and Tony were thinking, let's get somebody else, another singer, and maybe we do something with Rob Halford and do another album, Butler says. And then Sharon Osbourne called us up and says, well, what what about getting the original band back together? See, I would have loved that with uh, Rob Halford, wouldn't have you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that would have put a twist on it. It would have been fantastic. But anyhow, uh, but the reunion came with speed bumps. Over the next two years, Butler left and returned. Ward felt slighted and backed out, and Iomi underwent treatment for lymphoma. They uh, nevertheless managed to record 13 with drummer uh, Brad Wilk. 
the album eventually topped the album charts on both sides of the Atlantic and tour intermittently through 2017 and they played their last date of the farewell tour they called The End. And I, I seen them in 2015, so they played a while. Butler had hoped yeah. for a full reunion reward, but it wasn't in the cards. Ozzy and Tony didn't think he could do it physically, the bassist said. And so the alternative was if he could come along and do maybe three or four songs and then do the rest with a different drummer. But Bill said no, it's either the whole thing or nothing. And I totally understood and respected that. Here's how yeah. Black Sabbath yeah. started their final chapters, Butler wrote, Into the Void. Beginning to the end, plowing on. In November 2011, the four original members of Sabbath held a press conference at Whiskey A Go-Go and announced we were getting back together to record our first studio album since 1978, followed by a world tour. We'd been discussing it since Ronnie's death and thought it would uh, be a good way of wrapping the whole Sabbath story up before walking into the sunset. As you probably guessed, the reunion didn't go as planned. It all seemed to be working when we gathered at Ozzy's house to record some demos. But then there was a big row about the Sabbath name all over again. I was under the impression that since the original members were back together writing and recording a new album, the name would revert to all four of us. Whatever happened between yeah. Tony and Ozzy a couple of years earlier, but, but when the name was discussed, it became clear that Tony and Ozzy had no intention of sharing the Sabbath name with me or Bill. I felt cheated, so I left the band again. They got someone in to replace me, but a couple of weeks later, I got a call from Tony begging me to come back in the end. I got my lawyers on the case, and they managed to sort everything out. I was assured that despite not part owning the Sabbath name, everyone would be split equally, and the band wouldn't be able to tour as Sabbath without my approval if needed. Wow, I didn't know all that went into it. As writing, there you go with lawyers again. Yeah, yeah, like like we were talking about the other day, like with the yeah, like, crew. Yeah. Which, with yeah. crew and everybody, yeah. Yeah. As writing was uh, as writing was in process at Ozzy's house, he made the observation that Tony had lost too much weight and that he shouldn't that he should get checked out. When Tony got back to England, he was diagnosed with a form of lymphoma. If I'd been diagnosed oh, with cancer, man. I'd have canceled everything and stayed home for the rest of my life. But Tony's not like that. When me and Ozzy flew to England to resume writing. Tony would have chemotherapy in the morning and come straight home to a studio where he'd put song ideas together. You see, that's a musician. That's a true musician. Yeah. We'd say to him, Tony, have a couple weeks off. And I didn't well, take that, time that, off. That like me and me or you, uh, me or Tover being sick. Yeah. We, yeah. still sitting at home doing our homework for this show. You know we would be. Yeah, we would be. Not really. Ever since you let me on this show, that's all I'm doing. I know. I love it. It's a great. It's fun, isn't it? Oh, honestly, it, it's really helping me right now. It really is. I can tell. I, mean, I can tell. That's it's when. Uh, yeah. I, I can tell because that's when Topher um, um, was kidnapped. That I figured yeah. you'd be the 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 best replacement, and I knew that, and you have proved so. Well. I hope I get better. You are. You're getting better right before my eyes, so just keep doing it. All right. We'd say to him, Tony, have a couple of weeks off, and I and I did take time off, including watching Birmingham soccer team, Austin Villa play a preseason friendly against the Portland Timbers in Oregon. Me and Tom Hanks, a fellow villain, in, introduced uh, the teams before kickoff. 
But while I was away having fun with my wife Gloria, Tony was at home getting on with work. He was tired and nauseous. His hair was falling out, but he was determined to plow on, just like he did when he lost the tips of his fingers, which is true. Yeah. Yep. While Tony was just about uh, was was about up to writing and playing his guitar in the studio, he certainly wasn't able to tour. He did a one-off gig headlining the down- Download Festival in England prior to a warm-up in Birmingham. The reunion tour was put on ice, and instead we went out as Aussie and friends, and, and the friends included Zach Wilde, Adam Wakeman, and Tony Clefettos of uh, and Slash. Uh, not Tony, uh, I said Tony, Tommy Clefettos, which is one of my favorite drummers. When uh, Bill first came back, I thought he was doing great. His timing was off uh, a few times, but that's Bill. However, when me and Gloria got back in a hall from a holiday in Hawaii, we were told he'd been fired. Bill put out a statement saying he'd given an unsignable contract and wouldn't be putting pen to paper until he was shown dignity and respect. I don't know what the ins and outs because contracts and the like were always sorted out between our lawyers. However, I suspect Bill was given an unsignable contract because Sharon didn't think we was, uh, he was up to a world tour. In fact, I know that Ozzy and Tony didn't think he was physically able. Because of a shoulder problem and heart condition like the God, Godfather in reverse, maybe uh, they made a Bill an offer he couldn't accept. So, anyhow, there's a lot more to this article, but you know, um, I'm going to, you know what, I just decided right here on the spot. I'm not going to go any further into it, and here's why. Because I'm going to read the book, and I'm going to give a review for it coming up. So, anyhow, Rolling Stone, thank you. That was some great stuff, like they always do. And I'm going to turn it over to you, uh, Rob Rad, for a few minutes. And then we will uh, say goodbye on this podcast. So, um, go ahead. You had a couple things you wanted to talk about. Hello? Rob, you there? All right, we see you. Oh, there you are. I got you. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Sorry, I I actually hit mute. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's been a long day, man. It's been a long day. I was getting ready to just shut the whole thing off and then call you. I'm glad you said something when you did. Go ahead. No, no. No, I just looked down. I was on mute. I was like, oh, man. Uh, no, actually, I, I'm i going to step into the sports world. Okay, uh, go forth. Um, normally, I'm a football guy. Chiefs all the way. Okay. Uh, I gave up on baseball a few years ago. Well, we kind of had free. to. We kind of had to with the Royals. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I gave up on 86. Yeah, yeah. The year the year after they won won the World Series, they did so crappy the next year. Uh, I gave up on baseball. I I can't blame you, but when they came back to life in fourteen and fifteen, I yeah, got I got I, back on the Royals, and they were very exciting. So it's like this: if baseball was different and shared the wealth more, and and did things operated more like the NFL does, I would be still not rabid about baseball but very interested in it. I'd be watching it every night practically because I don't like 
other shows, really. I mean, I, I just don't really like regular TV at all, but I love sports. Okay, well, that leads me into the story. Okay, go ahead. Um, Aaron Judge, the right fielder of the Yankees, I guess he's a big name. Like I said, I don't follow baseball, but I've been seeing this. Yeah, he has, he has the American League record as of last year for home runs. Okay, well, recently, he made a catch, okay? Uh-huh. It was a fly ball to, to him. He uh-huh. caught it. It was in his glove. He was in the playing field. Okay. And I have watched the footage on this, by the way. He was clearly in the playing field. His back went up against the wall, which happened to be a gate. Okay. The gate opened up. He stepped off the field. Okay. The ball was in his glove the whole time. Okay, so he didn't drop it. No, no, no. He. So he was running back on the field. He caught the ball. He caught the ball. Backed up into the gate, it opened, and he stepped off the field. Wow. The, refer- the umpires ruled it a ground rule double. Yeah, I know of this because you told me this but when we were discussing what we are going to talk about. Yeah. And that's why I said, well, yeah. prematurely, because I didn't go over the particulars with you, but now that you said that, I cannot believe they ruled that a ground rule double because that was clearly no. a catch. It wasn't his fault he went through the gate. Right. No, they ruled, they ruled it a ground rule double. The batter got ended up on second base. He should have been out. Yes. Which leads me into my rant, which you were just talking about. Okay. I'm thinking, just like the NFL, you have instant replay. Okay. I think baseball, I think soccer... I think every sport should have instant replay. Um, should it I be? Really do. I got a question. Should yeah. it be the same format as football, where you get so many of them, and then that's it? You have a, a little red flag, like let's see, yeah, Andy, yeah, Andy yeah. Reid thinks like, that the like was football. It. Okay, okay, and then you get three per game, maybe like uh, like uh, football. Yeah, yeah, and then or, if you don't just just a. Uh, Upstairs challenge. Okay. Um, I don't you know, know how you just something. I don't know how you would punish anybody by losing a second timeout though. Um, because in football they take away a timeout, in baseball you don't have timeouts. Well you know I'm, I'm more or less talking about upstairs. You're just talking about upstairs. They have so many times they can say that. Like, let's say they have two or three times a game that they can ask for it, and then that's it. Right, right. I agree with that, because if not, you're just going to get endless litigation. Like, hey, uh, that, you know, and then then they get mad at the other team, and they fucking make them go and do it. You know, I could just see that escalating. So, yeah, I agree with you. Well, because of this story, you know, just this play right here. Yeah. There's a bunch of fans. There's a bunch of organizations upset over it. Well, was it in Yankee there's, Stadium there's, or was it or was it in another ballpark? Um, I don't know which. I did not read which ballpark you know, it well, was. The next podcast, we'll get all look it up because I'm curious to know if, whether it was at Yankee Stadium or not because that makes uh, that makes a difference to me also. 
because of the crowd I know reaction. it was like a light blue gate that opened up. Oh, I, okay. It I, may not have been the Yankees. I've actually been to Yankee Stadium, but I do not remember the colors of the gates, <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I just watched a video a couple days ago. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was brilliant, because I've always thought that. I really have. Not just football. Other sports should have instant replay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think all sports should be allotted a certain amount of it. I mean, you can't inundate the game with it, but you can allow, I think they need to allow a certain amount of it, yes. Yeah, two through the game. Yes. Something. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, we're in agreement, and I think that this will facilitate it quicker than anything is bad calls like that. Yep. So, yeah. And I also have another one. Okay. It's in the horse racing world, though. Hmm. Okay. Oh, are you talking yeah, about all the horses that died? This one, huh? Oh. Do what? Uh, there's a lot of race horses that have died suddenly. Yeah, that that's what I was getting ready to lead into. Okay, go ahead. Actually, actually, okay. The latest one. He got his right front leg nearing the quarter pole Mm -hmm. on Thursday's race, third race, had to be euthanized on the track. Second second incident in four days on this track. So that was counted as one of the horses dying. Okay. Yeah, this one was. This was the last one. Okay. And the owner's name was Rodriguez. I didn't write down the horse's name. It was Well, one trainer himself, he had like six horses die under his belt, which is insane. Well, this guy here is Rodriguez, the owner. Uh Uh-huh. He's had four horses die this year. Oh, he was another one like, okay. Three of them dying at Aqueduct, which I'm guessing is another track. Yes. And just this year at Churchill Downs, there's been 12 horse deaths. That's going to lead to a lot of things. Number one, there's going to be a lot of animal groups that are going to get involved. Number two, that's going to give them a very bad name among the American public. The American public loves horse racing. Well, a certain degree of people do. Let's say that um, out of 100%, 20% love it, okay? And they will take time to watch it. Well, that 20% is going to um, be dis... A certain amount of them are going to become disenfranchised over that. Because I know that if uh, there's something I like and it seems like they're hurting animals, you know, I won't like it anymore. I mean, you know, it's natural for people to go, you know what, I don't feel like this is worth an animal being abused over. So it's going to be interesting to see how well the Churchill Downs and all of these uh, horse racing uh, facilities and and shows and competitions are going to be affected by this. Yeah. Well, they shut the race down for the weekend. And, and they should have. They should have, too. They're in bed. Good. Now, only, let's see, what, what did that say? Um... Uh, all but two of the deaths have been attributed to racing or training leg injuries. Hmm. 
2012. They're they're doing something wrong because why is this suddenly rearing its ugly head, right? I'm thinking there's something wrong with that track if they keep getting leg injuries. Huh, that's good. Well, it's just like a, a dirt track that's not done right. People are like flipping over and tires shredded. Right, right. And, yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good right. point. I mean, even NASCAR, if there's something wrong with the track, you know, they have to throw a caution. 10 out of 12 was leg injuries. That's, <laughs> that's an inordinate amount. I see where you're going with that now because I was going somewhere yeah. else with that. Uh, you know what? I agree with you 100%. There's got to be something going on at that track that is uh, that is uh, making this occur. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so, and do, you, do you have the name of the, the track? The same owner has had three die at another track. They need to be investigating that one. The I same think. owner? Okay. Yeah, same owner has lost four horses this year alone. Hmm. Three at one track and one at this one. I, it sounds to me like the whole damn sport is uh, corrupt. Something's going on. <laughs> well, they obviously don't seem to give a shit about their animals. Yeah, yeah. Or, oh, at, wow, least, okay. or at least a good and portion of them. them and everything else. Jeez. Wow. Well, I've never been a big horse uh, uh, horse racing fan. I've never really Neither strived to watch it or anything. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, all of a sudden now... I'm I'm kind of wondering about it, and I'm not real happy with it. Jeez, I I'll tell you yeah, what. If like yeah. you and I, two people that don't necessarily really care, I didn't have anything really against it before, but now it sounds like I kind of do. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that is um, that's not good. No, it's not. Wow. Thanks for the report. Okay, uh, and what else, Rob? Okay, if you're having a bad day, just remember, the founder of MASH.com, Gary Kremen, lost his girlfriend to a man she met on MASH.com. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. True story. That True story. <laughs> I looked it up. Rob, I love that one. Well, all right, everybody, there you go. As, I'm, I'm going to try to keep a few more of them coming. You know what? We can do a closing thought with Rob from now on. We we might do that. All right. This is the very first one. This is the inaugural closing thought with Rob. So hang on. Uh, let's act like you didn't say anything. And maybe I'll just exit out of there. Maybe I'll just blank it all out. So anyhow, all right. <clears throat> let's act like nothing happened, okay? All right. All right. Uh, so, all right. We're getting towards the end of this uh, broadcast. Um we're going to start um, doing um, Closing Thought with Rob. So, Rob, the floor is yours. Okay, if you're having a bad day, just remember, the founder of Match.com, Gary Kremen, lost his girlfriend to a man she met on Match.com. <laughs> Everybody. True story. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Whenever the hell you listen to this particular abortion, have a great whatever it is. Thank you, Rob, and we'll we will. See we'll see you we'll next talk time. To you next week. That's right. All right, or maybe tomorrow, but it'll probably post next week. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> to douchebagsandmicrophone.net, your one stop for douchebaggery. Douche
You want to write us? You want to say something to us? You want to look for a live button? When we go live, you can call in. All of this stuff is right there for your ear holes and eye holes. You got it, chumps. It's all yours. Two douchebags and microphone.net is up and running. Hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Hey, where'd everybody go? We're the douchebags. Hmm. Oh my god, someone took a dump in the corner. Oh jeez. Ugh, glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Oh, man, that smells.